Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It's day 448 of our three-year journey through God's Word, and we've come to Acts chapter 5, picking back up with the wonderful book of Acts. Let's pray and ask the Lord's help this morning. Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the truth of your word, for its life-giving power, for the picture of Christ that we have woven throughout your word, for the call to faith and obedience that we receive through your word. Please write your word on our hearts this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're in Acts chapter 5, and we pick up with a very sobering story of Ananias and Sapphira. And just to give you some context, remember this, we ended off a couple of days ago when Mike was teaching about this statement that everybody had everything in common, nobody considered anything belonging to their own, but they met needs whenever they arose. And then we get the example of Barnabas, whose birth name was Joseph, but who goes by the nickname Barnabas, son of encouragement. He sold, sells a field, he brings the money, he lays it at the apostles' feet. And we have now chapter 5. But, uh-oh, when you get a good example and then the word but, you know that what's coming is not going to be good. But a man named Ananias, with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. And with his wife's knowledge, he kept back for himself some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and to keep back for yourself part of the proceeds of the land? While it remained unsold, did it not remain your own? And after it was sold, was it not at your disposal? Why is it that you have contrived this deed in your heart? You have not lied to man, but to God. When Ananias heard these words, he fell down and breathed his last. And great fear came upon all who heard of it. The young man rose and wrapped him up. The young men rose and wrapped him up and carried him out and buried him. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter said to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. But Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. When the young men came in, they found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. And great fear came upon the whole church and upon all who heard of these things. Now, many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them, the people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing in the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in the public prison. 
But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison. So they returned and reported, We found the prison securely locked, and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, Look! The men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. And when they had them brought when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest questioned them, saying, We strictly charged you not to teach in this name, yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching, and you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins, and we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council, named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Thutis rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about four hundred, joined him. He was killed. And all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in this present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice, and when they had called the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. That's Acts chapter 5. So we've got two uh, major sections here. The first is the story of Annas and Sapphira, and then Ananias and Sapphira, and then you have the arrest um, of, of the apostles. And the, really, the story of Ananias and Sapphira really follows close on the heels of what was at the end of chapter 4. And a couple of days ago, Mike sort of left me with an assignment of uh, commenting on what's going on at the end of chapter 4. Is this Christian communism 
Is it God's will that we live a, a communistic lifestyle, a commune lifestyle? We see kind of similar language hinted at a little bit at the end of chapter 2, but it's even more clear here at the end of chapter 4. And that is there is a, a firm commitment within the community that they are going to meet one another's needs. When it says that no one said that any of the things that, that belonged to him was his own, what was meant by that was nothing we have is really our own. It's We are stewards. It's given to us as a stewardship trust by God, and we are responsible for using it in a way that's faithful to God and his will for our lives. We can't just do whatever we want with the things we're given by God because they're not really ours. They belong to the Lord. And if there's need within the church, if there's need within the people of God, we should be eager to meet that need. And so sometimes meeting needs, if you have an ongoing feeding program for the widows in the church, if you're caring for the orphans in the church, um, caring for the, for the needy, you, it requires people to sell things that they have, extra land, extra houses, things that they don't really need to sell them and then to give that money. But it's not to say they had everything in common is not really communism because here you had Ananias and Sapphira who, who sold a piece of property. We don't know if they had other property. Uh, we assume they do. We don't think this is their only home, right? They sold a piece of property and they kept back some of the proceeds for themselves and they brought only a part of it and they laid it at the apostles' feet and they said that this was all of it. Now, it's very important, chapter 5, verse 4, it's very important to understand how Peter confronts Ananias and what Ananias is condemned for. And it's not because he didn't give everything he had into the common treasury of the church. That wasn't required. That wasn't what was being done. And so what is being said here is that while it remained unsold, it was their land. And after it was sold, it was at their disposal. And so they could have done with it what they felt led by God to do. Apparently, they felt led by God to sell the land and give the money to the church to take care of the poor. But then they decided to keep back part of the price for themselves, only give part of it, and then say they gave it all. They wanted to say, we're just like Barnabas. We sold a piece of property and we gave all the money to the apostles for the feeding of the poor. Aren't we great? They lied and they lied in order to make themselves look good, better than they were. And that was the problem. It was deceptive. They lied to the Holy Spirit. They tested the Spirit of God. They deceived Peter, the apostles and the church. And that was wicked and that was sinful. And it did cost them their lives. Now, this is not happening to everybody who does this, obviously. It's a it's a sort of a one-time supernatural thing. And this is happens from time to time in Scripture. So I think of um, the sons of, of Aaron who offered strange fire and were consumed. And then I think of Uzzah who reached out his hand to take hold of the ark as it was being brought up to Jerusalem. And then here Ananias and Sapphira at major turning points in the epoch of salvation, the institution of tabernacle worship, 
the bringing of the of the ark into Jerusalem, where the temple is going to be built, the the new covenant age, at the beginnings of these turning points of of the unfolding of of salvation story, major epochs beginning in the history of salvation, God makes an example of certain people so that people will know that He's holy. He's not to be trifled with. Listen, Jesus is not your best friend, your boyfriend, your buddy, your pal. Uh, he is holy. And he is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Lord is a holy God, a consuming fire, perfect in holiness. And we are not to lie to him. We are not to deceive. We are not to take advantage. And that is just wrong. And so this is there to put the fear of God into the hearts of people. Now, what we see after this is that the people of Jerusalem hold Peter and John in, and, and the, all the apostles in high honor. And they're even wanting the shadow of Peter, who's kind of the leader among the apostles and who does a lot of the public preaching. They're wanting his shadow to fall on sick people so that they might be healed. Um, and there are great signs and wonders being done. And there are great people, great numbers of people being healed. This is the early apostolic age. God is sending these confirming signs to establish the authenticity and the authority of the church and the gospel that they preach. But this gets the attention of those on the Sanhedrin. And first it's the high priest and the Sadducees who arrest the apostles and put them in prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord comes, opens the prison doors, brings them out and says, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. So they're arrested for speaking in the name of Jesus, which in chapter four, they were told they were never to do. The angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord, sets them free from prison and says, go back in the temple, stand in the temple and say the very same things that you were just put in prison for. And so they go and do that. And at daybreak, they begin to teach. High priest comes, those in the Sanhedrin party, they gather together all the Senate of the people. That's the Sanhedrin, the full 70 and they've gathered them all together for a trial. Let's go to the prison, get get the apostles out, bring them in here. The guards say, hey, there's nobody in the prison. But guess what? They're in the temple uh, and they're teaching the people about Jesus. Uh, this is too much. They can't they can't stand this. The council is is furious and they bring them and they and they question them and they say, we strictly charge you not to teach in this name. You filled Jerusalem with your teaching. They are. They are in the presence of men who have undeniably done great miraculous things, but their hearts are hard. But these same men, just a little while before, were in the presence of Jesus, the Son of God, who undeniably did great miraculous things and their hearts were unmoved. They seem to just not care about God and about what God is doing. They seem to only care about what threatens their political position. And so they're enraged. And so they're getting ready to kill these people for their boldness in continuing to speak about Jesus, about the leader and savior, and about the salvation that's available only through him. And just when they're about to kill him, Gamaliel. Gamaliel might be the most famous rabbi in the whole history of Judaism. He's a Pharisee. He's well known in Jewish history. And He's a teacher of the law. He's held in honor by all people. And he says, let's put these guys out and let's let's have some closed door counsel. Let's go into executive session here, guys. 
And he says, look, we remember Thutis. We remember Judas the Galilean. There have been other would-be messiahs. And they came along and they tried to lead revolutionary movements. And they tried to say that they were the Christ and that they were going to lead us into independence. And it stirred up the Romans and the Romans put them to death. And then after that, their movements just sort of fizzled away. If this Jesus is another pretender to the throne, if this Jesus is another false Christ, then leave it alone. Because if it's of man, it's not going to go anywhere. It's going to fall. But if it's of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You can kill these guys and more people will replace them. Because if it's of God, you see, you see, Gamaliel is a real believer in God and the God of Israel. He says, if this is of God, you're not going to be able to stop it. And I'd have to say, sitting here 2,000 years later on the other side of the world with a world where there's some, you know, couple billion people who profess the name of Jesus in just about every country of the world, Gamaliel was right. If it's of God, you're not going to be able to stop it. And it's attested to by public miracles and the gospel changes lives and God is at work. And so... I love this. They're released. They bring them in. They beat them. They charge them again not to speak in the name of Jesus. And they let them go. And what do they do? They leave the presence of the council. And this is what they do. They rejoice that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. And then every day in the temple, same place, very publicly, very openly, in the temple and house to house, they do not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. They are bold in their witness for Christ. They are going to obey God and not men who try to tell them to disobey God. This is a strong call to us for boldness in our witness, for courage of our conviction, for confidence in the gospel. Let's live this way. Let's live this way for the glory of God and let's count it a privilege when people mock us or make fun of us for belonging to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being our God, for saving us by your grace through the merits of Jesus Christ. He is our leader and our savior. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. Give us the courage and the boldness and the clarity and the conviction to speak of Jesus to a world that does not want to hear about him, but needs to hear because he's the way He's the truth. He's the life. So we pray that you would make us bold to speak forth in his name. We pray this in Jesus' name and for his glory in our lives and in this world. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks so much for joining me for Acts chapter 5. Have a blessed day in the Lord.